Y'all, next week is our 100th episode of the You Are Welcome podcast. Almost two years we've been together here. This podcast has become one of my favorite things I've ever done. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and being a part of it. And if it blesses, teaches, encourages, inspires you in any way, I would be so honored if you did two things, if you have not already. Number one, swipe up and leave a review. I know podcasts always say this, and it's so easy to hear something on autopilot, like, yes, that is a phrase or a sentence I am used to hearing and not really taking action on, not really thinking that it's for us. I truly do mean you, beautiful human, hearing this in your ears. Every single review helps more strangers see that this is a place they might want to hang out and it is the absolute easiest way to say thank you for the last 100 episodes, whether you've been here for all 100 or you were just listening in for the first time and you know that you have 100 you can dive into and go back and enjoy. And number two In the description, I have an Instagram post, and I would love to hear your favorite episode or topic or takeaway. If you will swipe up and leave a comment there, it really is going to help me know what to put in our next hundred. So I will revisit that post throughout the year as I'm just really diving into what is powerful and purposeful for us so that I can know how to go deeper. And now for today's show. It's Wednesday, mates. Welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Today's episode is a two-parter piggybacking off of last week with our two-part fashion cocktail and now our two-part life cocktail. So we've got all the two parts happening. Last week, I shared my signature style principle, one of my absolute favorite things that I teach when it comes to fashion and style and beauty and confidence and being empowered over all of those things. So if you haven't listened, please do. It's a analogy, a metaphor that will help you just springboard a little bit off of today's topic. And in a episode right before that, I shared our possible move in the personal update episode that we may be moving to Mexico. We have moved here temporarily to explore. Would we move here in a few years? And so I've been doing a lot of Instagram stories, sharing our travels here and more of your questions about that journey and really using it to share how I make decisions and better unpack the the way that I process things, which is really helping a lot of you have insights of your own, which is always my goal, that it isn't about you just following along with my story, which is somewhat entertaining, but what's really powerful is when it makes you think about your own. So I shared the analogy in one of the questions that I got where I used the phrase, the two-part life cocktail. And I will explain what that means in a moment, but when I shared it, I then put up one of those question boxes and I said, does this resonate? Do you feel like you have this in your own life? I would love to hear an example. I was blown away how many responses I got. I know how many questions people tend to submit for different things. And the response to this was so overwhelming that I loved, that it instantly resonate with you, resonated with you. And more so, I was just really struck by how varied the responses were and how beautiful, honestly, it was to hear so many people say, here is how my life is this two-part cocktail. So it made me realize that the two-part fashion cocktail gives us three things. Number one, balance. 
Number two, insight into when we aren't balanced and being able to identify that. And three, empowerment over shifting it and creating a balance that does feel good to us. So one, we understand it's about balance. Two, we can now identify and articulate, oh, I don't think I'm balanced and that's why this doesn't feel good. And three, oh, now I understand how to do that. I can shift it and make that balance really feel better. And truly, it's about mindset, specifically when it comes to this two-part life cocktail. It's about the mindset with which we see our life from an outside perspective. If we look at the building blocks that comprise what our life is today, the choices that we've made, this approach is a vision of our life that lets us not need everything to be perfect but enough things to be good and right for us that it allows us to be okay with some things that we might not independently. If we just had to deal with this scenario, if we just had this element, we might say, I do not want a life with that, except when they exist within a balance of other things. It's that cocktail and that chemistry together that allows us to say, you know, if you had told me five years ago I was going to be fill in the blank, I would have said absolutely not. But what I didn't know at that point, what I couldn't picture was, okay, but what if it existed in juxtaposition with this other thing? And now this thing that we were like, heck no, we're like, well, okay, actually, maybe that would sort of work. So let me just share a snippet of my story that this came, this conversation on stories came out of my trying to articulate why I don't think, and again, right now I am verbal processing in real time huge decisions that my husband Jeremy and I are trying to make about where we would live. And so right now, I don't think that we would move to California. Now, maybe we will someday or maybe we will if a bunch of other doors close. But I was trying to explain why did I not see us moving to California, a very popular place to live, and very importantly, where my family is. So first reason, neutral. Uh, I just... It just never felt like the answer was yes. Being someone who's from California and has lived in New York City my whole adult life, I always get asked, do you think you'll move back to California someday? And I've always said, no. (laughs) I don't really know why. It just doesn't feel like a gut yes. So that's not really a pro or a con. It's just a neutral reality. So far, my gut has just never said yes. A con that I shared is finances. It is just as expensive to live in California as it is in New York, not only the cost of living, but as a small business owner, the amount that we pay in taxes is just as extreme in both places. And so if we're going to leave New York, ideally, we would like a reason why we would leave to be, well, the win over here is that it's much better financially. The pro, it's near family. And that is a huge, huge pro. The idea of getting to live near my family would be amazing. The idea of deciding to move someplace not near them you know, feels sad. So that's a definite uh, pro to be near them. But the biggest con for me is what I've come over these weeks and months being here in Mexico to articulate in describing it to my husband, Jeremy, as the two-part life cocktail. For me, living in New York City 
feels like the perfect blend of the vodka cranberry cocktail that we talked about in last week's episode when it comes to style. The vodka is, New York has this buzzy energy. I feel chic and glamorous that I live there. There's an incredible energy, just the kind of people that are brought to and drawn to New York. I I love and I'm so inspired by. It feels like a rare uh, life to have. It is not the ordinary. It is not typical. And for me, that is a good energetic way to feel. I'm an Enneagram 4. Uh, we like to be a little different. It's not really trying to be contrarian. But if everybody's doing something, it just doesn't feel as as appealing to me to do. So the rareness. So there is a lot of vodka living in New York City. However, there is also a lot of cranberry in the way I choose to live in New York City that balances it out. For almost a decade now, uh, actually over a decade now that I think about it, I've lived in Brooklyn. And the neighborhoods I've lived in in Brooklyn are quiet and neighborhoody. They're not right in the bustle. And I also have run my own business for the last 10 years. So I'm no longer, like I was in my acting days, going to Times Square amongst all the tourists, schlepping around my heavy audition bag. I have a much more idyllic neighborhoody life in Brooklyn, but it's just adjacent to all the bustle of the city when I want it. So it's this perfect balance. And therefore, I started to try to articulate the idea of going to California to me. First, it feels more cranberry in going back to where you grew up. Now, this might feel different to you. Maybe that feels very exciting to you, very grounding to you to go back to where you grew up. Uh, I know that there are a lot of you that that also share my feeling that for some reason going back to where you grew up feels almost like taking a step back in some ways. Um, It feels much more suburban, which... If you were following along when we were in Phoenix, the suburbs just does not feel like our jam. It therefore feels more ordinary. It feels like what most everyone else did who graduated from my high school and graduated from my college. And I love that I went and did this different thing in New York City, along with my friends who are there. I certainly knew other people doing it, but I it feels very cranberry to me in my gut to move back. Again, cranberry, it's not a financial win leaving the city. Like I mentioned, there isn't the woohoo, we're going to be in a better, you know, monetary position. And it's uh, cranberry that if we have a family, if we have a baby or a child, it it already feels more just the idea of having a family to me. And please know this is not a commentary on anyone else's life choices. I'm just verbal processing my own is that already feels more pedestrian. Um, I do experience a fear of becoming the like suburban soccer mom. Now, again, please know I don't mean that in offense of suburban soccer moms, but in the same way that you would be like, I don't think I want to be a single woman living in New York City at 30 years old. You'd be like, okay, well, that was Hillary's life. That wasn't your life. You know, so other people are going to make other decisions. And it's about how does it feel to you? That doesn't mean it's a bad life for anyone else. It doesn't mean it's a judgment of anyone else. That's really the power of the life cocktail is saying, just like within our style, it's all about how it feels to you. I'm not judging what anybody else is wearing. I am focused on How do you feel in your clothes? That's what matters more than my opinion of, I don't really love that color orange. Great. No worries. I'm not wearing it. It's about you. So to me, I am a little reticent about having 
children because that already feels a little more pedestrian, becoming a mom. And so that on top of living in the suburbs and being back home and kind of reuniting with all these people I went to high school and college with who who never left, like all of that just feels cranberry on cranberry on cranberry. We are near water and we're in better weather, which is a little bit uh, little, you know, splashes of vodka compared to the winters of New York City, which I am wanting to get out of uh, in a few years. But it just doesn't feel like there's enough balance. And so as I tried to articulate what is the possibility of Mexico, even here we have found language that helps us say not everywhere here is going to be the perfect cocktail. We don't want to be too remote. We've seen some beautiful homes, but they aren't walking distance from anything. We would have to get in the car to drive everywhere. We would be uh, living in buildings where no one else who lives there has a family. So there's just not going to be that built-in community. It's just a different demographic. All of that feels too cranberry. It just feels like, meh, I don't really want to be this isolated. And we also don't want to be someplace that feels too city-ish, that feels too vodka. We've been in places that felt too crowded, too touristy, too loud, in the same way that we choose to live in Brooklyn instead of some of those buzzier, busier neighborhoods of Manhattan, those exist here in Mexico as well. So kind of in our Goldilocks scenario, you know, we've been like a little, you know, not too remote, not too city, but just right in the middle. And I also articulated that replacing that buzz of New York City with the buzz of living someplace international and tropical and kind of idyllic and having a a great life for a lower cost, all of that feels buzzy. It has that element of vodka that balances out with the um, with the cranberry of living someplace here in Mexico that we we some options that we found that do feel more neighborhoody. I don't know if suburban is quite quite the word, but it feels like that good balance for us. And there's enough buzz, yet enough ease that. I have realized I can picture having a family here in a way that I haven't in New York, and I didn't know that I wasn't picturing it until I moved here for a few months and started to have thoughts and ideas and go, you know what, this never crosses my mind when I'm in New York. And I didn't know that it didn't happen until I put myself in a new environment to try. And again, just as I said, no one should be offended by by my saying the suburban soccer mom thing doesn't feel like the right cocktail for me. There are also people who have kids in New York City. And that is not to say that you cannot have a family in New York City and you can't thrive doing that. It's not a judgment on anyone else's story. This whole conversation is about how it feels to us. And sometimes we don't even realize something doesn't feel as balanced as it could be until we try it or explore it. And so coming here, I went, you know what? I think the cocktail that I have going on in New York, the idea of inserting a baby into that hasn't quite felt like the right chemistry. And I just couldn't even identify that until I got out. Now, having said that about this cocktail that we feel like we're experiencing in Mexico, we still may not move. And it definitely feels vulnerable to share when we're in the midst of processing something because I've realized we don't love to see other people change their minds. 
we love to have someone tell us, here's what I want. Here's who I am. Here's the box that I fit in. And and be, that makes us subconsciously more comfortable to be like, well, but you said that you shared my faith. You said that you too were going to be on this journey of being a mother or you said whatever it is. Sometimes when other people change or change their minds, it can actually make us uncomfortable. So I'm aware in sharing mid-process, there may be people down the road that are like, wait a minute, I thought you said that you were, you know, were moving. And um, we may be like, yes, we were exploring it. And then we decided, you know, X, Y, Z. But so I asked you to share with me what your two-part life cocktails were. And I thought maybe this won't resonate. Maybe, you know, sometimes it's hard to give a quick answer. And if you think about it later, you have an idea, but you're not going to come back. Oh my gosh, there was so many answers right off the bat. It was, I live in a small town, but I save money to travel often. So the idea of living in a small town in and of itself, if you had told me that five years ago, 10 years ago, that sounds boring. That sounds stifling. That sounds not as cool as I want my life to feel. However, the fact that I save so much money to travel often gives me this great balance. If I didn't have the travel, the small town wouldn't be cool. But if I didn't have the small town, I wouldn't have the money to travel. And so the balance is what makes it work. Um, We live downstairs from my in-laws, but I get free babysitting and cooking. And I just love this one because she was like, listen, between you and me, I don't really love that we live downstairs from my in-laws. And if you had told me 10 years ago when we got married that this would be my life, I would have been like, H-E double hockey sticks. No, there's no way. But I got to be honest, the babysitting and the cooking is pretty awesome. And so I, I'm actually cool with it. I'm not here being like, oh, my, my spouse is the worst that they put me in this position. I'm like, you know what? Pros and cons, pros outweigh the cons. I live in a teeny tiny house, but it's walkable to the beach. I have very little money, but I live in incredible New York City. I moved home with my parents during the pandemic, but I'm paying off incredible debt by not having to pay rent for a year. I have a very boring day job, but it pays me well enough that I'm able to start my own business on nights and weekends. I have very little money from my own business. I don't make as much as I did when I had a day job, but I have so much more freedom in getting to do it in my way. My husband is in the military, but we have a great relationship of love, communication, and respect. I love that last example because I think long distance is one of those things that I've always said. No one says, you know what I really would love is a long distance relationship. That would just be great. You know, that'd be really enjoyable. It'd be my preference. No one ever says that. But you fall in love, and the love is far more of a pro than the con of the fact that it happens to be long distance at the time. And that's the only reason people go along with this thing. And it's really easy when you're not in love or you're not being put in the situation to say, oh, I would never. You know, how could you be happy? Fill in the blank. And I think we do this so often. But I wonder, maybe that's because we're looking at their cranberry, their meh, their less ideal part, and either not looking at their win that balances out. We're not saying, you know, I want to say I could never do long distance, but I'm sure they're so in love that it balances it out for them. And I think that would be so powerful if more often when we notice the part that we go, oh, I could never, we then say, but I have to imagine 
there is a blessing, a benefit, a win, a pro that actually makes that balance feel better to them than it would feel for me. Or their win just isn't vodka or buzzy enough for us. Even their pro, it may not be enough of a pro for us to put ourselves in that position, but that's because we have different recipes. We have different ways we want to feel. And so even when we go, oh my gosh, did you hear that so-and-so did this? Like, I I mean, I could never dot, dot, dot. And I mean, the pro is this, but like that still wouldn't be enough for me. Yeah, no worries. That's great. That's self-awareness about yourself. But really noticing, am I judging that person as opposed to saying, but you know what? If that cocktail brings her joy, then that's great because she gets her own cocktail in the exact same way that we don't have to walk around saying, I just don't love that color of pink. We're like, great. If she loves it and it brings her joy to wear it, great. You don't have to wear it. (laughs) She's going to wear it. This is about her life. So for me, for example, I don't think that living in the middle of nowhere would be enough, or rather the idea of traveling sometimes but as my vodka, but living in the middle of nowhere as my cranberry, that wouldn't feel good to me. I want to love my every day. And so getting doses of vodka now and then, to me, wouldn't feel good. But I'm also aware when I ponder that, that I am privileged enough to do both. And so it is an option in my brain. I don't have to live in the middle of nowhere in order to get to travel. I can live someplace cool and travel. So what if I really could only afford one or the other, as this woman who wrote in and shared hers, that may be her reality, well, maybe then I would choose it. And so in all of our scenarios, we probably have other experiences or factors or privileges that also shift us to be like, oh, no, you know, eye roll, head shake. But what if our situation was a little different? We might say, oh, Okay, well, if that was the case, then yes, maybe I would. I don't know because it's not my life. Our recipes are all so unique. We have different tastes and ingredients and options that go into them. And it just made me think that we can have more grace for one another to shrug and go, hey, if it makes you happy, I don't need to get it. I don't need to understand why you find that outfit beautiful, why you love that pattern that happens to remind me of my grandmother's curtains. But if it makes you happy, that's great. Wear the clothes you want to wear. Decorate your home the way you want to decorate it. Curate your life the way you want it to be. And instead, only let it inspire us to better articulate our own desired cocktail and to really notice when Hillary says, She doesn't want to be a suburban soccer mom. I don't have to get defensive about that. I only have to hear, oh, I love that she knows that about herself. What do I know about myself? And when I'm like, oh, yeah, I would not want to be 30 and living in New York City, I don't need to have it with a tone of judgment. I instead go, you know what? That's interesting to know about myself. I would not want to be single and living in New York City. So what do I want to better articulate our own desired cocktail? Now, a few people who replied said, I don't have the, co- have the cocktail. My life is all cranberry. And my heart really goes out to those of you that are in that place right now. I think that we all need that variety and balance. We all need that joy, that buzz, delight, specialness, whatever the word is for you. 
that would that would be the idea, the epitome of a cocktail as opposed to everything feels very boring and bland and the same. I would really encourage you Use your Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. Dream about what would feel buzzy to you. And know, this is very important, it doesn't have to be all the things. And I think so often we feel we are so far from, I mean, I'm single and I want to be in a relationship and then I also don't love my job and then I also don't have enough money and then also I just, I, you know, I want to lose 25 pounds and we come up with all these things that we want to change. But what would be enough that you actually can control. You know, you can't get pregnant if it's not happening. That isn't something that we can necessarily force and muscle our way and take any more action, perhaps, than we are taking right now. You can't afford to live in a big city this year if you are unemployed. If you lost your job during COVID and it has been so hard to find another one, it just may not be within your control to say, my answer is I want to live in a big city. But what can you control and change, shift, work towards, prioritize? Because you've heard me say here before, I do believe we have more control over our lives than we realize. And within that, I'm very aware that we also are on a spectrum of privilege in terms of our opportunity, our finances, our support, et cetera. But I do believe, because personally, I believe there's a God. I believe that he loves you, and I just don't believe that he would put you in a situation where curating and cultivating a life that brings you joy and happiness and fulfillment is outside of your ability, and the rest of us have it, and a small group of people don't. So that's where my core belief comes from, that we all do have the power and the possibility to shift enough, not to have perfect lives, but to shift enough. Because I hear our struggles all the time. I get DMs every day of really hard things that you're going through. And I hear a lot of the hard things more than I hear the joys in a lot of ways because you're reaching out because you need help and you want empathy and, um, you know, or, or, or I've helped you through a hard time and you're wanting to help art- to articulate that. But so many of the responses here, aside from the few who said, my life is all cranberry, everyone else, the responses were all positive outlooks. They were all, actually, here's the silver lining. Here's the positive spin on my life. And that also left me feeling so encouraged about how possible this is. Like they're living in a teeny tiny house or with their parents or they have little money or they have a job that they hate, but, and that's the key word. The first part of the sentence is okay because of the and. And I think we often think that other people have it all. We've got zero things and they've got eight things. I think all, I think most everyone has a but. We all have some things that we don't love. They're not ideal. We wish we could change them. It's not the story we would have written. But we also do have positive things, things we can be grateful for, things that we've chosen, things we can celebrate. And if we don't, I believe we can take steps to create and shift that more in our life. And the final question that came up for me out of this as I was talking to uh, one of my girlfriends was 
what if you don't know what to choose? So right now, I really am verbal processing this idea of the two-part life cocktail because we're torn. Do we live in New York City or, or in Mexico or in your family? And we're trying to weigh out our options. And our decision is not based on COVID. We're not looking to move for a couple of years, and that timeline hasn't really shifted. But for a lot of my girlfriends, it has this year. They are really rethinking things due to COVID, and so many people are. And so I was talking with a girlfriend that has moved back to another country during this time where her family is from originally. And she said, I've realized that I'm going to have FOMO both places. And I thought that that was so wise to have that insight so freeing to say, it's not about one perfect recipe. The recipe in New York versus Mexico versus California, it's not which one is perfect. And it's not that there's only one option that's perfect. There's going to be a different recipe in every place, which means there's going to be some cranberry and some vodka everywhere. But it's about prioritizing which of the options matters most, which recipe feels best. And in part, that's saying, you know, I don't love this cranberry thing, but this vodka is so powerful that it it really makes the difference. Whereas over here, I don't love this cranberry and also this other vodka thing, like it's just not ultimately as compelling. And so she was saying, when I'm in New York City, I have FOMO that I'm not near my family. And when I'm in Australia, New Zealand, I have FOMO that I don't have the buzz of the city and my social life and all of that. And that realization of there is FOMO both places. When I was living in New York, I had FOMO here in in Australia, New Zealand. And now that I'm in Australia, New Zealand, I have FOMO about New York City. This feeling is present both places. So her question for herself was, which one is healthier? Like, if I have to give up the the going to parties and things like that versus, uh, you know, restaurants, events, whatever, versus being by my family, for her, and again, this isn't the truth for everyone, for her, wanting to be near her family felt like the healthier choice. If I've got to miss something someplace, for her, it was, I don't want to miss my family. You know, for you, what is it that matters most or even matters first in this season. Inside the Elliot Excellence Journal, I teach a concept called the path that was one of the first things I ever started creating for myself in business to kind of lay out where do I want to be in three years or in 18 months and then walking my way back. Like what happens first and then this and then that. So it may be you getting clarity of, well, here's what I want in 10 years and here in five years. But in this season of the next year or the next three years, this is the thing that matters first. You know, I want to have a family in the future, but my career matters first. Or I want to pursue those things creatively, but I have young kids and this season to me matters first. And knowing at all times. I have girlfriends right now that feel FOMO that they aren't parents and are getting to focus on their career. And I have girlfriends that are parents that have FOMO that they don't have more time to focus on their career. And I think that when we can see it from that perspective, it's both about giving ourselves more peace and also giving one another more grace. Because I find when I am when I am hardest on others, it's because I'm being hard on myself. And when I am most judgmental and critical and jealous of others, it's because I have the least peace and happiness within myself. So it really is the two of them going together. 
that can speak to us. So I truly hope that we can, A, not settle for a lack of balance. Shift if that's the case. Create your cocktail and look for ways that you can be empowered, decisions that you can make. You can't change all the things, but you can change some things to create that balance. Number two, be better able to articulate what and why that balance is that's important to us. Because I think when we grow in confidence and clarity in that, we're less swayed by others. We're less triggered by whether somebody else decides to go to graduate school or not or have a kid or not or leave this city or move here or buy a house or whatever it is. We aren't looking for everyone else to give us ideas. We're more clear in our choices and our dreams that they really bring us peace and joy. And we're able to just say, oh, yeah, other people are going to make other choices that they aren't right for me. And therefore, I don't need to be triggered. I don't need to judge. I can just use them to help me go, you know what? What What does this tell me about myself really matters to us? And then C, be so grateful for the balance that we have. Not looking for our life to be everything, to be perfect in all of the ways, but celebrate that we have balance. Know that a few people responded here that they don't have it, uh, or we all had seasons perhaps in the past where we didn't have it, and accept that we are almost always going to be missing out on something because life just is not perfect. So what are the few things that we choose that really matter most to us in this season so that we can be grateful We can be intentional, we can be self-aware, and we can celebrate what the two-part life cocktail is that we are living, we are curating, we are choosing for ourselves. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is a conversation we had over in Instagram stories about sunscreen. Having been in this very warm, tropical, sunny climate for a few months, which, by the way, I'm well aware if you're listening to this and you're just in the midst of a snowstorm that you're like, oh my gosh, really? You know, hashtag sunshine problems. But we all want to take better care of our skin and we all are in sunshine at certain times. So I was noticing that I was just I was pink a lot. I wasn't horribly sunburned, but even though I was putting on sunscreen, I felt like specifically my chest area was still getting a lot of color. So I asked for your help. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm so glad that I asked you. Here is just a handful of things that you taught me. First of all, chemical versus physical or mineral sunscreen. Didn't know that was a thing. Didn't realize there were two kinds of sunscreen. Something I need to explore and look into more to better educate myself. But just that general concept, is there a difference between sunscreen and sunblock? Something to look into. Uh, Putting it on 30 minutes before you go outside, something else no one had ever told me. I always go out, I get in my lounge chair or I sit down wherever I am, and then I pull out my sunscreen. I just don't think to do it before I'm going to leave, you know, well in advance. Wearing a handkerchief, a rash guard, uh, like a like UV protectant clothing, and driving gloves. Okay, so the handkerchief part, wrapping something around your neck, which thankfully I had a handkerchief that I had bought way back in, um, in our pandemic in Phoenix days from Target or something when we were trying to figure out what masks were. And 
was initially using that as a mask before we actually had real masks that we could buy. And I just, it's just still in my little mask bag that I travel with. So thankfully, I have this one Target handkerchief that I've been wearing around my decolletage area. And a lot of gals who live in sunny climates all the time say like they drive with this on, which I had never thought of um, being in LA. I mean, granted, I was young when I was in California and I just was not thinking about these things. So I thought that was a great tip to even have that in your car if you're someone that has a car to be able to put that on. Uh, this rash guard wear made me realize, oh yeah, I've seen like the long sleeved swimsuit things and I never really got it. I thought that they were just supposed to look like sporty and maybe they were for people who go um, like surfing or whatever. But I think realizing if I lived here, okay, I probably would get like a swimsuit that has that matching thing to just be wearing sometimes. And also the idea that there's UV protectant clothing in general, I just didn't know was a thing. Haven't looked into it. Something I would look into more. And the driving gloves. Someone else just said, for all the times that you're driving in uh, a sunny climate, someone specifically said, I think they had a job where they had a long commute, like an hour and a half. So they were spending so many hours in the car and your hands are right up there in the sun. And so driving gloves. I thought that was a great tip. Also, you guys taught me that Europe has stricter standards when it comes to the products that are in our sunscreen. So to look for European brands. And someone also mentioned looking at the EWG. It's the Environmental Working Group. So I had just started before we left, like over the summer, I'd started exploring cleaner brands of sunscreen. We tried it a couple. One of them, Jeremy, hated. It was just like so thick. We found another one that we liked. Um, but we ran out of those here, and then we just went to the general bodega or whatever and started, you know, buying sunscreen. I wasn't being so perfect about it. But this definitely made me think, okay, level 2.0, if we really are moving here and living, you know, blessed to live in a sunny climate all of the time and spending a lot more time outdoors, if we live someplace where there's a pool or we're on the beach, we would just be outdoors even more than we are in, in New York City when it's nice weather. We still are indoors more often. So looking into um, – clean brands through the EWG. Um, I also like the Think Dirty app, by the way, for uh, for looking at the clean cleanliness of products, um, but also just looking into what's the difference between European standards and are there specific brands that uh, would be better for that. And also a bunch of folks mentioned that Australians just know how to do this. Like they are a beach culture, they're a sunshine culture. They get that uh, beautiful weather year-round. And so Australia, Australian brands may be the way as well. So it just took me to a whole new level of education in this area. And I realized back when I was living in California, this was before clean beauty and all of this. Sure, we wear sunscreen when we went um, out you know, to to swim, but it wasn't even until I got into my 20s that I started putting on sunscreen every day on my face and just realizing I put it on my face, I put it on my neck, but I don't bring it down to my decolletage and how different that looks over time as we're taking better care of our face and maybe even our neck, but not necessarily down into our chest. So if you have a good brand for a sunscreen, please send me a DM. I am gathering them up. And uh, again, please swipe up, leave a quick review, leave a comment over on the uh, Instagram post that I've linked in the description 
to tell me what topic or our conversation or episode has stood out for you as I go on to uh, curate our next 100 episodes together. And I will see you over in inst- on Instagram and in Instagram stories in the meantime to hang out until I see you back here next week for episode 100. Till next Wednesday. 